When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It ain't easy now. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How can I fight this obsession? Have I not learned my lesson? Maybe I never will. Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to another episode of the BTSC Sunday broadcast of We Run the North. I'm Kevin Tate, guest contributor to BTSC from the Know It All podcast. And today we're going to talk about the uh, AFC North potential first round draft picks for each team, who they might be looking at, what some of the needs are, and some of those things. First of all, before we begin today, like to just, as all Steeler Nation has the past probably 36 hours, offer my sincerest condolences to the Dwayne Haskins family. What a tragedy! Um, I think we, I think, I think we lost more than a player. We lost a good person in Dwayne Haskins. He, it seems, from all intents and purposes, from from the things I hear behind the scenes with the Pittsburgh Steelers and some of the some of the players and coaches and stuff like that, that he was just a, a great guy to have in the locker room. He was truly, truly and sorely be missed. Um, from a football perspective, I think he was really talented. And, you know, uh, disclaimer, I've been a Dwayne Haskins fan for, for him for a long time. I'm an Ohio State Buckeye fan. Uh, attended Ohio State some many, many, many years ago. But I really thought Dwayne Haskins was a really, a really potentially good player, good player to have on the team. Um, I'm not saying he would have won the job this year. I think he would have really competed. I think he would have potentially gave a serious run for the backup position this year. I'm, I'm anticipating Mitch Trubisky to win the starting position, but I think Dwayne could have pushed Mason for the backup position. And who knows if, and we'll talk about it. Who knows if we'll draft the quarterback here in the uh, in the first round of the draft this year? Don't know. For all all intents and purposes, it looks like Pittsburgh could draft the quarterback at some point. They've done all their due diligence, all their homework on all the quarterbacks in the draft this year with the top five or six quarterbacks in the draft. They've had quite a few come in for a visit this past week. So we'll see what Pittsburgh does. But, yeah, just a really, really sad set of circumstances with Dwayne Haskins being struck by a vehicle. Uh, We won't speculate on 
why he was outside his vehicle and what he potentially may have been doing, trying to trying to cross the roadway. Not sure. I'm sure those things will come out as the FHP Florida Highway Patrol does their investigations. We'll probably get more answers here in the coming days. So just wanted to start out with that, you know, Dwayne Haskins, RIP, you'll truly be missed. So now we'll talk about the draft and the potential draft pick some of some of the teams the AFC North could be looking at. Uh, the Cleveland Browns would be picking first out of our division uh, rivals and foes. But we, as we know, they traded away their first round pick and many more first round picks for the rights to uh, trade and acquire Deshaun Watson. So <clears throat> if we look at that as their as their this year's first round pick, because the Browns don't pick again, don't get their first pick in this draft to pick 44. And we'll talk about what they might do, might will do then. But acquiring Deshaun Watson, that's huge. Deshaun Watson, last time he played, I believe it would have been 2020. He was probably a top five or six quarterback. I'd have to say top five or six quarterback. He does everything. He can, he can manipulate the pocket. He can move around. He can scramble. He can pick up yards with his leg. He can throw off platform. He throws for a high percentage, lots of touchdowns, few, fewer interceptions. And he took that Houston Texan team who really didn't have, you know, a lot of great teams to, to the playoffs, I believe, twice. So picking him up is a huge acquisition. I think he comes in and makes the team instantly better, better than uh better than what obviously what Baker Mayfield's been doing the past few years. Put him in there, pair him with some of the weapons they have. Now they have uh Amari Cooper, still have Nick Chubb, still have Kareem Hunt. Uh they signed David Njoku to a franchise tag, franchise tendered them. So they have weapons, and all these weapons, all these weapons that the Browns have had over the past few years will be made better, I believe, with Deshaun Watson. And we're we're just considering one of those first-round picks they traded, talking about like that's their, their first-round acquisition this year. So, yeah, the Browns, that, 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 that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I anticipate – don't know how long, how many games he'll miss this year. Uh I see a suspension coming. I'm thinking somewhere in the range of four to six games. So, but when he comes back from suspension, maybe have to knock some, maybe he'll have to knock some of the rust off. But I believe that the Browns will be better for having Deshaun Watson this year and moving forward with this year's first round pick being one of the ones that they trade. Um, much better than they were the past two or three years with Baker Mayfield. We're talking about a team in 2020, I believe, that was 11-5 and five and won a playoff game and probably could have beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the second playoff game, the divisional playoff round, not for Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker had his chance at the end of the game to take the Browns down. Patrick Mahomes was hurt that game, if you remember, and Baker just couldn't get it done. 
In that same playoffs, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson by coming back. I believe Houston was up 28-3, to 24-3. Not can't quite exactly remember the score, but Houston was up big, and they allowed Kansas City to come back and win. So, you know, that year Kansas City beat Deshaun Watson, and they beat Baker Mayfield. So we'll see what next year brings. I think uh, the Browns will be a lot better, though, having used their this year's first round on Deshaun Watson. Let me look at the live chat and live chat and see what some of you are saying. Say hello to some of some of the fans out there. Uh, let's see what some of you are playing. George Testin, R.I.P. Dwayne. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, I agree. Outside outside Steeler fan said Dwayne Haskins. He would have at least been a reliable backup like Charlie Batch was for us. I completely agree, man. Completely agree. Um, <coughs> Brian Brown, Deshaun Watson stinks. His re record is 28-26. Ooh, I'm scared. You know, I think stinks is a strong – is a strong way to, to to kind of describe Deshaun Watson's play. Uh, I, I don't I don't think we're scared of him. I don't think the Steelers fear any any particular opponent on the other side. It's just not the way. It's just not the way we're we're cut, you know. But Deshaun Watson is good. I mean, twenty eight twenty six is not an elite record. I believe Baker was was Baker's record was like twenty. 28 and 27 or 29 and 28, something real, real similar. But Deshaun Watson obviously has a higher upside. And we'll see. We'll, we'll see what he does this year and going forward. He has a five-year deal. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to see what he's what he's doing. Um, Shaquille Gregory, you should do a mock draft. I'm 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 no Brian, Brian Anthony Davis bad, and the guys have something coming up real soon, probably before the before the draft. So BTSC will have a couple of mock drafts with some of the live chat involved. I know I, know I was involved in uh, some of the previous years, past two years, like where I got to pick for one of the teams in the in the uh, in the live mock draft. I believe they had have on the the Hangover the past couple of years is what it's been on. But we'll we'll just wait and listen to see what's coming up. Uh, B Dirt, I to be the mock draft. What are you talking about, B Dirt? I have no idea. Let's see. Wow. Judith Wilson. He does think. I'm not sure what you're talking about. I thought you said he does think. I thought you were agreeing with, with the Deshaun Watson take. But uh so okay, so we'll jump right into talking about what the Browns could potentially do with the 44th pick of the draft, that's when they actually will make their first pick in this year's draft. So we'll talk about that. I see some of the needs the Browns have being uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I believe that's where they'll go. Um, potentially a defensive end, defensive tackle. I think they potentially need some help in that, in that linebacker room. Um, some of the names I'm hearing on the edge, uh, edge rusher out of Oklahoma, Nick Bonito. He could be a potential potential draft pick of the Browns. And also from Oklahoma, defensive tackle, Perion Winfrey. 
I think with that 44th pick, we're looking at obviously working at some, it's the second round, middle of the second round. And we're looking at some, some of the guys that could potentially go there. I think the Browns go defense. I think those are two potential names you can hear to Cleveland. Uh, if they want to be sneaky and do what they did last year, last year in the second round, they drafted Owusu-Kora, uh, linebacker from Notre Dame. He had some he had some potential uh, health concerns as it come coming up on the draft, and he dropped. He was supposed to be a first round pick, and he dropped. I believe the Browns picked him around forty eight or fifty somewhere like that last year. They want to do something similar and 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 think and think forward, you know, because they're gonna have a lot of money to pay out when Deshaun Washington's contract kicks in. They're paying Miles Garrett. They're paying Nick Chubb. They're paying Amari Cooper. All these guys, they're paying. I think a tricky thing the Browns could do that would be good strategy moving forward, potentially draft, draft uh, David in, in Owaba, in Waba, uh, edge rush from, from Michigan, who was a projected first-round pick also, but injured his, injured his knee, uh, tore ACL, I believe, at his uh, pro day, Michigan's pro day a couple of weeks ago. He'll probably drop to a second round, so teams willing to draft him in the second round will certainly be getting a steal. I kind of like that pick potentially for the Steelers in the second round too, but I think the Browns could think that way. They'll be needing to, you know, reload and won't have as much money as they had in the past years. You're paying Deshaun Watson $230 million over the course of five years, all guaranteed. So they need to start thinking about strategies like that, I think. That could be a good pick. The Perion Winfrey D tackle out of Oklahoma could be a good pick. And the edge rusher, Nick Bonito out of Oklahoma could be a good pick as well. So we'll see what they do. And those are just some of my thoughts on the on the Browns potential draft this, this year in a couple of weeks. The draft is literally less than three weeks away. I mean, it's it was three weeks from this past Thursday. So today is Sunday. We're probably about a little over 18 days away. Not that not that far to go. I know we're all looking forward to the draft. Uh, so we got a couple more comments, then we'll move on to what the Baltimore Ravens might do. Let's see. What is your top five receivers that you think would be a match with the Steelers? Okay, AJC. Um, the top five receivers in the draft. I believe, I believe the top two. Are the Ohio State receivers, Garrett Wilson first, uh, Chris Olave second. I know a lot of people like Drake London. Drake London is a, is a matchup nightmare, kind of like similar to Tra Chase Claypool. He doesn't have the uh he doesn't have the 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 twitchiness and the suddenness and the speed that some of these other guys have. He was injured, and I don't believe he got to run his 40 at the combine, but he's just not fast as Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. But he's a good he's a good red zone threat, and he's a matchup nightmare. I mean, he, I, I, like I said, he can probably win a lot of the 50 50 balls. I like I like Drake London. So if I'm naming the receivers in order for my from from my perspective, my opinion, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Jamison Williams, then Drake London, and then the fifth one would be depend on depend on your on your flavor would be uh. Jahan Dotson and Traylon Burks. I'm really starting to like Traylon Burks a little more. I liked him during the season. He played at Arkansas. 
had an incredible season, I believe like 14 or 16 touchdowns. I uh, put up really, really gaudy numbers in the SEC. He just didn't test as well at the combine. I believe he like around 4 or 5 40. I think we were probably hoping from a, from a, you know, a scouts and analyst perspective that you we see him in the 4 4 range. Uh, so he did he didn't do that, but he is 6'2, 225, really big target. They Arkansas used him in a lot of different, a lot of different schematics and stuff like that. I don't he's been compared to Debo Samuels. I think that's a bit is a bit lofty comparison. Um, maybe a poor man's Debo Samuel. He can maybe do some of the same thing. I don't, I don't see him having the same running back skills uh, Debo Samuels has showed that he has and possessed. But it still is an elite talent. Jahan Dotson, a little smaller. I believe he's probably about 5'10, 5'11, probably about 175, 180. Uh, really fast. I believe he ran in the four threes. Uh, really good, really good in the slot. He he was a really big, really big part of Penn State's offense. And he's he's really talented. I think he's probably better than KJ Hamler that played, played at Penn State a couple of years ago. I like Jahan Dotson a lot also. Um, we'll talk about what the Steelers might do when we get to them, but those are my top five receivers just to answer the question that we have from AJC. Um, let's see. See somebody, Claude, Claude Bishop says Jahan Dotson is the best receiver in the draft. Wow, Okay. I can't argue with that. There's a lot of great receivers in the draft. Like I said, it just depends on, on your flavor. Like if you go to Baskin Robbins or Dairy Queen or one of the ice cream places and where, wherever you live, and it just d- depends on what your flavor is for that day, you know? So, you know, different, different people like different flavors. I believe for the Steelers offense, we need a guy that can play in the slot. Um, I like what, I personally like what Chris Olave brings. I think he brings uh, some of what Deontay Johnson brings in terms of being a polished route runner with a little more speed. Uh, Chris Olave's route running right now is is at a is at a professional level. I think he's ready for NFL. He's in the four 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 speed. Like I said, a little faster than Deontay. Uh, maybe some of the same measurables and size and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you had those two with Chase Clay, Claypool and Interchange, Deontay Johnson and, and Chris Olave in and out the slot, along with Frymouth and the Najee and the running game and the revamp off the line, I think we could be looking at pretty potent offense, you know. But other receivers work too. Jahan Dotson could work. The only, one, the only one I think that doesn't work would be Drake London because he doesn't give us that speed that I think we're going to be looking for if we were to draft when when we draft not if we were when we draft receiver in the draft we'll be looking for a, a guy that's a speed guy at least a at least a four four guy Drake London is not as fast as Chase Claypool but he gives you the same everything else in in size and measurables and things like that so I don't think that that's necessarily a match but I think any of the other receivers would certainly be a match. Um, okay, let's talk briefly about what the Baltimore Ravens might do. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens pick number 14 in the first round. Um, and Baltimore, you never know what Baltimore is going to do. That Eric DaCosta, their uh, GM who took Ozzie Newsom's place, 
Baltimore really never lets you know what they were going to do. They drafted Patrick Queen a couple years ago, middle linebacker. And before that draft, DeCosta said, well, we'll look at middle linebacker, but I don't think we'll draft middle linebacker. And what they did was draft middle linebacker, Patrick Queen. And he's been a really good pickup for them. He's probably been playing like – let me think before I say this. Yeah, he's been, he's been the best middle linebacker in our division since he's been there. So, you know, kudos to Eric DeCosta for making that pick. Um, This year – I'm not quite, not quite sure what the Ravens will do. I've heard speculation and rumors that the Ravers, Ravens kind of go defensive heavy this year. I know they could be looking for uh, interior defensive line presence. That screams at that, at that pick at 14, that area of the draft, that screams Jordan Davis potentially from Georgia. Uh, maybe Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, another another Georgia kid. Uh, they could go edge. They could go with the guy Jeremiah Johnson from Florida State. I really like him there at the 14th pick for them to match with uh, Owe, who they picked up last year from Penn State. Uh, the Ravens, Eric DeCosta and the Ravens, they usually always make solid draft picks. They could they could fool us and go O-line. Um. I could see them taking Tyler Lindenbaum if he's still there. The Ravens don't usually invest first-round capital off the line. They did uh, a few years ago, 2016, I believe, with Ronley Stanley at Notre Dame. They had the number number six pick that draft. They were really, really bad that year. So they had a high pick, and they took Ronley Stanley. He's been, he's been hurt the past year, so he's supposed to come back potentially, but maybe – you know, maybe when he comes back, he has one year left on his contract. Maybe they maybe they want to draft draft online, draft one of those tackles if they're available and not not have to pay Stanley because they're all gonna have to pay Lamar Jackson coming soon. So just like I was talking about with the Browns potentially thinking ahead because of contract situations. Same thing with the Ravens. The Ravens are gonna have to pay Lamar Jackson big money, uh probably upwards of 40, 45 million dollars a year. So they have to start thinking, you know, fiscally responsible about, about team building and, and what they do moving forward. So we'll see what happens. But the Ravens, I was watching a Ravens podcast earlier this week, and the guy said, and this surprised me, because they do have Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey at their cornerbacks. But the guy says, I hope we don't pick uh, Derek Steenley. Yeesh. I would not say that. I would hope he could drop to number 20. The Steelers had a potential chance of getting him. I think he's an elite corner. I think he's a a one-on-one guy that can that can shut down some of the league's best receivers uh, moving forward. Maybe not his rookie year, but year two, year three, I could see him being that guy. I mean, we're talking about a kid as a freshman that was the best corner in the nation the year LSU won the championship on a team with Joe Burrow. In practice, he was shutting down uh, Jefferson from Minnesota, Jamar Chase, and the other guy that plays for the Carolina Panthers. They had three three uh, NFL receivers on their team that year, and Jamar Chase was, was doing his thing against all those guys in practice. So I really believe in Jamar Chase. I mean, I really believe in Derek Stanley having to shut down and play against those top, 
top-notch receivers and LSU practices with a quarterback like Joe Burrow. But the Baltimore Ravens, I think we're on the, like I said, either defensive interior, uh, edge, edge rusher, or or offensive lineman, pro- probably center if Lindenbaum is there. I don't think they go defensive secondary just because they have two elite corners already and they would be better served this year. But like I said, they got thinking moving forward, but they'd be better served this year getting some interior or edge help or getting that center that's going to anchor your offensive line for the next eight to 10 years. So we'll see what they do. Now let's look at a few of these comments again real quick. Uh, who will we have? Um, this is interesting. Uh, the Cuda 70. Does anyone think the team this year will wear a number three on the helmet this year? Uh, the Cuda 70. I can, I, I can see the team potentially doing that. Uh, you know, putting a little three decal on the helmet just to, you know, to, to dedicate, try and maybe dedicate this season to Dwayne Haskins. Um, We'll see. We'll we'll see how that goes. That's that's an interesting thought. Let's see. The homie B. Dirt paying Lamar near forty million will handcuff Baltimore in the worst way. I don't think he's a top ten QB. Uh, B. Dirt. I might agree with you. I don't know if he's a top ten QB, but he's he's a top ten playmaker the QB position. I mean, anytime Lamar Jackson's on the field, he's not a top ten QB. If we're just like like you said. If we're just evaluating from the pocket, you know, dropping back, throwing the ball, but the fact that he can he can roll out and throw the ball and throw on the run and make plays with his legs and at any point, any point of the field, if he gets a crease and he breaks it, we know it's to the house. I mean, so he's a top ten quarterback as a playmaker from you know from the quarterback position as a playmaker, which makes him elite. Which Baltimore builds their offense around that thing too. So, you know, you 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 always have to game plan and worry about what they what what he what he's potentially capable of. Lamar Jackson. Let's be dirty again. He's lightning in the bottle, but I'm not sold on him long term. That style of play sustainable for eight years. Well, yeah, he's been he's got hurt. He got hurt at the end of last year, so we will see. But I think I think they have to. I think they have to pay Lamar Jackson. So I think he'll I think he'll get the contract. I think it's just a matter of of when and not if. Um Claude Bishop agrees with Kuda 70. They'll definitely wear number three on their helmets. I think they probably will. I think the organization uh from from upper management to down to, you know, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin and the coaching staff for Mike Sullivan and Matt Canada and those guys. I think they really were fond of Dwayne Haskins uh, and the potential that he had as a player, but just as him as a person on the team. And if you saw uh, Chase Claypool's tweet yesterday, he said he, he uh, aspires to be what Dwayne Haskins was always worried about every everybody else, make sure everybody was good. And he aspires to be what, you know, uh, Dwayne Haskins was as a, as a person and a teammate. I think that's a, that's a huge compliment. Um, yeah. Chase Claypool even did a, did a video talking about what 
talking about Dwayne Haskins. I was just with you yesterday, and he was kind of emotional and tear-eyed and stuff. It's really, it's really, really, really just a tragic, sad situation. But uh, let's see. What's Shaquille Gregory? Do you think QB becomes a lot to be our round one pick now? Wow, Shaquille. I don't know, man. I mean, I think if they stand pat at 20, I don't think quarterback has to be the position. I think if the guy they want is there, I really, I really think the Steelers are kind of set um in this in this in the, the 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 mobility of the quarterback. I think I think they really, really want that. Uh I can see them potentially trading up as high as 10 to try and get Malik Willis. I don't think if they get Malik, if they can't get Malik Willis, I think they stand pat until 20. And it depends on who's available at 20. I mean, I can see them going Desmond Ritter. I like Desmond Ritter. Um, I don't know if I like him at 20. But I do like Desmond Ritter. I think he's I think he's a really good, really good quarterback. Uh played at Cincinnati. Their all-time, their all-time winnings quarterback in, in school history. He's up there. He has numbers up there parts in, in NCAA history as far as a four-year starter. He has really, really good all-time numbers. Um took a took a non-power five school to the BCS college football playoffs. They beat Notre Dame this year. He's 6'3", about 215, runs a 4540. I think he can do all the things the Steelers want. Steelers want. He has to work on his accuracy. I don't know that he's uh I don't know that that he has a strong, strong arm as some of the guys, as as definitely not Malik Willis, but and probably comparable to Kenny Pickett, but uh Sam Howe has a really strong arm. I also think the Steelers. Again, not not at pick 20 in the first round, but I think there'll be some consideration for Matt Corral just because he ran an offense at Ole Miss that was RPO-centric. He's a he's a, a good runner of the football. He offers that that uh dual dual threat ability. Um, you know, you put him in some of the RPO RPO schemes with Najee Harris back there and or corral keeping or giving up to Najee, I think that could be a big threat, but not at pick 20. If they traded back in the first round and uh, then picked them in, at pick 28, 29, and 30, I could be okay with either Ritter or Corral. I'm not such a – such a personally, I'm not such a huge fan of Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell. I think they're more – I think most of the quarterback class is second or third round talent, but I think Corral, I mean, I think Pickett and Howe could would be better served going in the early second round. Just, just my thoughts. Um, let's see. Reese Parson. I feel like they will draft the QB in the second round. They're probably receiver a corner in the first. That's not a bad strategy, Reese. Um, or Rico, my bad. Rico. Um, I like potentially receiver in the first if we have Chris Olave on the board. And I like corner in the first if we can get Stingley 
or the kid from Clemson. Is, there, is his name Booth? I think, yeah, I think it's Booth. Um, I like those guys in the first. I mean, but, you know, as I always say, I trust in Colbert and Tomlin to make whatever whatever their decision they make, I'm on board with. I, I know those guys know what the team needs are, the pulse of the team, what other guys are doing. So, you know, in Colbert, we trust. That's what that's what we always say uh, most years. So I'm, that's kind of where I'm at this year right now. In Colbert, I trust. Um. So we talked about the Ravens. Now let's talk about the Bengals real quick and what the Bengals could potentially do in this year's draft. The Bengals are were Super Bowl runners up. So that means they pick 31 in the draft, next to last in the first round. Uh, they really had a bounce back beer, bounce back year last year. Joe Burrow coming on, just gangbusters. Got those guys to a 10 and 7 record. Probably could have at least been 11 and 5 had they played their starters that last week against the Browns. Um, the Bengals needs, and they addressed them somewhat in free agency. They got a lot of offensive line help, but that's still, I don't still, I still think that doesn't preclude them from going offensive line again in the draft, depending on who's there. Um, they could go tackle or interior. I could see them going either way. I think uh, you know you never can have when you when you have your when you have your uh, elite quarterback probably a Joe Burrow man I, I want to say top five but it's a little early for that so top top seven or eight quarterback right now Joe Burrow you want to do everything you can do to protect him so I think they go offensive line uh, maybe Trevor Penning maybe uh, Zion Johnson from Boston College the guard. I think there'll be a few options at offensive line for the Bengals when they pick. And I think they go just best available regardless of position, whether it's tackle or guard. There's not going to be a center that's going to go in the first round again after uh, Tyler Lindenball. We potentially got him going to Baltimore. But for whatever reason, he was there at 31. They would definitely take Tyler Lindenbaum. And I think they'll take the best tackle or best guard, you know, uh, BPA at that point at pick 31. The other position they could go, I believe, they could go potentially safety <laughs> to put somebody back there with Jesse Bates. They franchise tag Jesse Bates. So if they pick the first round safety, he would be that guy. He would be the guy that would be back there with Jesse Bates this year and then potentially replacing them next year because they franchise Jesse Bates this year and maybe they don't want to pay him next year. Maybe they move on from him and, you know, value that rookie contract of an upcoming uh, highly talented, highly valued first-round rookie. That could be a potential plan, as I said already. Talking about the Browns and the Ravens, you have to be able to be forward-thinking and, you know, plan for the future. So I think they could draft safety a Daxton Hill, a Jaquan Brisker, Lewis Seen from Georgia, any one of these safeties, they feel like they could pair back there with uh, Jesse Bates and then may potentially replace him next year with that same safety, then you're, you're thinking you're getting ahead of yourself. You're getting ahead of the game, I mean, because at some point real soon here, better better sooner than later, the Bengals are going to have to pay uh, Joe Burrow. So, you know, that's just something to consider. But I say the Bengals go 
offensive line or that 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 back back part of that secondary safety with the potential to pair somebody with Jesse Bates and ultimately maybe replacing him with that same player next year. So we'll see how that goes. Now we'll get ready to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and what our potential draft uh, prospects might be in this year's first round. Let's see what some of the live chatters saying before we jump into the Steelers. We got about uh, nine or ten minutes left. Let's see. We this is Paul Paul Schrift. We can get we can get a backup out of free agency to cover the tragic loss of Haskins. So I don't think there's any changes to the plans. I, I would agree with that, Paul. I think uh, I don't think we're pigeonholed into drafting the quarterback and. You know, not even with, with yesterday's strategy, I still think the Steelers draft what they want to draft. It doesn't have to be a quarterback, but if they don't draft the quarterback, right now we have Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. I think they'll potentially bring in somebody. Either they'll draft somebody or they'll they'll sign another another low-tier veteran, and then they'll get somebody in the undrafted free agency. I know one of the guys I really like for we're talking about late round late round prospect, uh, maybe even an undrafted free agent prospect is Chris Oladukon from uh, South Dakota. Uh, he seems like he has some some potential. I, obviously, he doesn't have first round potential when coming to start, but he could be a, a viable backup or a third team quarterback with somebody you just keep in your room to to groom and work work on and, you know, we see what could happen from that. He's like uh, six three six four. Uh, played in South Dakota last year. Probably weighs about two twenty five. Uh, he originally played at USF. He's from Tampa, Florida himself. He's from USF. Yeah, he played high school at uh, Sickles Sickles High School in Tampa, Florida. Like I said, he's he's a good prospect. I mean, and you you bring him in the room and you and you see what he has over the next couple of years if you can get him. For cheap, and he can make the roster as a practice squad quarterback or a third team quarterback. Um, in the first round, let's see what some of the chat is saying again. Shaquille Gregory again. I hope we take Olave with our round one pick. A lot of people wouldn't be happy, wouldn't be happy about that. Well, Shaquille, I'm not one of those people. I would be very happy with Chris Olave. Um, if we don't go quarterback, I like Chris Olave unless Derek Stanley is on the board and Jordan Davis. If, if all, all things, you know, available for us to pick from a Jordan Davis, Derek Stanley, Chris Olave are all on the board. I would have to go Jordan Davis and I probably have to go Derek Stanley second, but Chris Olave would definitely be third and he would be one of the one of the people I would be one of the players I'll be looking to pick uh early in the draft because we we know our needed wide receiver we have the same thing where you know we hear this Deontay was a third round pick Deontay Johnson and so there's not that fifth year option on him and he'll be looking for big money this offseason or going into next year and I don't think we sign him I think we you know, if, if we have to franchise tag them next year, then that's what we do. 
But if we were to draft Chris, Chris Olave, we could potentially let Deontay Johnson go and you have a trade. At the very least, we'd have uh, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Chris Olave this year to go on that offense and give Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph all kinds of weapons. So I like I like the potential drafting of Chris Olave myself. Um, let's see. George Teston. I like that pick, Tate. Thanks, George. You like the Olave pick? What, what, what are we talking about? Um, let's see. Clarence Washington. I'd be thrilled to get Olave if not a corner. I agree with you. Um, the only corner I take over Olave, though, because Sauce Gardner is not going to be there. So the only corner I take over Olave is Derek Stingley. If he happened to fall, I think his pro day was uh, was so good last week and really, you know, a lot of the coaches and coaches and general managers were there. I don't think he drops down to 20 now. I, I see him going maybe 12 to the Minnesota Vikings or Philadelphia, one of their two picks. I can't see them passing up on that talent if he's there. But I would love Stingley, um, and I really like Olave. Uh, Garrett Wilson won't be there for us. I think Deshaun Dotson would – would Jahan Dotson would be there, but uh, I think 20 might be too early for him. I think maybe a little later in the first round. And Drake London, I think he'll go before we pick two, but it'll be to a team that wants that that big uh, wide receiver that can get the 50-50 balls and things like that. So Traylon Burks, I'll I, I potentially like him too. He doesn't give us the speed that we need, but he would definitely give us Somebody in the slot and somebody that seems compatible with Matt Kennedy's offense and all, all the motion and jet sweeps and all the different things that he did in Arkansas. He even ran a little bit of Wildcat. Um, I can see Traylon Burks being a good pick. Like I said, not the speed we need, but if I'm picking a receiver that's potentially could be there at pick 20, I like I like Chris Olave best. I don't think Garrett Wilson would be there. Jamison Williams could be there, and I like Jamison Williams. I just know I think Jamison Williams had a really good year at Alabama, but I know Jamison Williams because, like I said, I'm an Ohio State Buckeye fan, and I know Jamison Williams when he played for the Buckeyes. He was always a big play threat, but he couldn't get on the field over Olave and Garrett Wilson. That's why I happen to think those guys are better because they were all in the same room at one time, and Jamison Williams wasn't the dude, which is why he transferred to Alabama. But I do like Jamison Williams in that that four three speed, six two size, coming off an injury. I think he he could be a good pick at twenty two. If I'm picking between the two, I go Olave. Um, so what do you guys think the Steelers should do in this year's uh twenty twenty two NFL draft with pick twenty, or even you have some scenarios where you trade up? I'm just asking the live chat. What do you guys think we should do? Um, I'm open to to any of any of the, those potential things. I would love to see, and that's how the Steelers do it. They set themselves up where they're not pigeonholed into making a particular draft pick. I mean, there's been some noise about Kyle Hamilton falling. I like Kyle Hamilton a lot. Um, I don't know if he falls at 20, but if he falls like to – 14 or 15, or if you're the Steelers, do you make a trade and try and trade up to get Kyle Hamilton? We need a safety, right? 
Um, I could even see the Steelers still signing Minka Fitzpatrick. And if Kyle Hamilton was there, there they'd still take him. I mean, I think Terrell Austin, Mike Tomlin, and Brian Flores can find a way to use all that multiple talent at the safety position. You know, I think they uh, – uh, Honey Badger could play in the slot, put Kyle Hamilton back in strong safety with Minka back there. I think that would be a good problem to have. Uh, we always talk about fit, but good coaches make good talent fit for – for the talent. They don't try and fit into a scheme. They just put those players and playmakers on the field to make plays. And I like, I like what the potential of that could be. Let's see what the homie, the homie B B Dirt is saying again. B Dirt said, take a punter in the first round. Come on, B Dirt. No ridiculous comments, man. We took a punter last year. Uh big press. Presley Harvin. We took him last year in the seventh round. I think he's going to be a, a – he'll be our punter for the next 10, 12 years. So we, 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 we did do that last year, but it wasn't in the first round. Um, let's see. Sherry Baston, D lineman, because you can't trust to it and the other guys are getting old. I agree with you, Sherry. Um, yeah, to it. Tewitt's 28 years old. I believe he'll be 29 at the start of the season. I like Tewitt if he comes back. He's rested. If his, if his, if his mentality, his mental is back in the game, I think he'll, he'll be a good addition. I, we, but we do need to add some youth to that D-line room. Um, do we do it in the first round? Uh, a lot of the guys will be going early. Like I said, I like uh, Jordan Davis. If he happens to fall to 20, you run up to the podium to get that guy. Um, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Because I believe if we draft if we draft wide receiver or corner in the first, I think we can come back and pick up somebody like uh Travis Jones from UConn in the second. Maybe even the guy I talked about for the Browns, Perry on Winfrey out of Oklahoma. Um, so there are some guys that we can add youth to and talent to the room in the second round and still get that elite level potential wide receiver or corner in the first round. Um, but, you know, I have no idea what the third is going to do because it could be quarterback in the first round. It could be online in the first round. I have no idea what they might do. Um, let's see what Rob Fithoff pick 20, wide receiver. The closer we get to the draft, I, I feel wide receiver in his immediate need now and for the future and the Steelers' great show. Well, thanks, Rob. And I don't disagree with you. Like I was just saying about Chris Olave, they could have him for a year with Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and then let Deontay Deontay Johnson walk next year in free agency. If we don't trade him, we would get a compensatory pick the following year. So, And with his production and what he would get paid, that would be probably a a third-round compensatory pick. So I would be okay with that, however that works. I think that could be a, a real thing right there, you know, getting getting the number one receiver this year and see and see what happens going forward with the number one receiver that we draft in the first round, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and then let's sort it out on the field, you know. Um, Ron Ron Chess, listen, Steelers drafting QB, Tomlin Colbert think Cannon's offense needs a mobile QB. Have one Trubisky. I don't disagree, but. 
you don't have to get a mobile QB at, at 20. You could get a mobile QB, Rob, at 52. You could pass on quarterback in the first round if you don't get your guy, which their guy, I think, would be Malik Willis and maybe, maybe uh, Desmond Ritter. But I think in the second round, you're still looking at potentially getting uh, maybe a Matt Corral, definitely a Sam Howell. And there are just some other other options to go where you get where you get the best. You don't force yourself to draft the quarterback at twenty, but who knows? We don't know what 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 they will do. Uh, let's see. Shaquille has a question. Do you think D. Johnson's worth the first round pick? Um, I don't personally don't think a team would trade a first round pick for Deontay Johnson this year because there are so many options at receiver in this year's first round and those guys are are cost controlled Deontay Johns could go somewhere for one year for a first round pick and then next year hey he's gonna want money you gotta pay him right so I wouldn't trade a first round pick for Deontay Johnson I would just take my shot in the draft and draft the receiver that I have under cost control for five years and you know and do it that way if I was another team I wouldn't trade for a first rounder for Deontay Johnson. Um, let's see. Just a couple more uh, comments. We'll get out of here. I will hope they trade down to pick up more draft picks. This is from, from Extra Black. I hope they trade down to pick up more draft picks. Steelers definitely need at least two wide receivers. First pick would be Wyatt or Brisker. Wow. Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Um I, that that's a that's a good pick. He's a stud. I I agree. Trade back if you're going to pick him or Brisker because I think those guys go both of those guys go late first, early second. So you could trade back, acquire a little bit more draft capital, and then pick one of those guys and have acquired another, say fourth round pick. So I agree. I agree with you, extra black. I like that. Um. We already, we already checked out that one. So, okay. So, what about Joe Hayden? This is from, from Douglas Roser. Um, Joe Hayden. I like Joe Hayden a lot. Joe Hayden's 32, going to be 33 years old. And Joe Hayden is, uh, made big money last. I believe he made like 11, 12 million last year against the cap. Um, I would like if Joe Hayden wanted to come back for a lesser role and lesser money. Say he wanted to come and be the third or fourth corner and get paid four or five million dollars a year, I would be with that. But Joe Hayden has to do what's best for Joe Hayden. He could offer a hometown discount to the Steelers. We love him in Steeler Nation. But let's be honest, Joe Hayden's not getting any more, not getting any younger, not getting any more big, big contracts. So I think he has to go with where whatever, wherever the money is. I mean, he's made enough money that he could, who am I to say, but he could turn down a few million dollars a year to come back for the Steelers. But like I said, this is probably his last contract. So he has to maximize whatever his potential is in the market right now. So I like Joe Hayden coming back. I don't know that he does. Uh, I think we get through the draft and teams see what they need. And maybe somebody signs Joe Hayden. Maybe nobody's all offers him the money that he wants and decides to come back to the Steelers. That would be great. Then we would have a room with, with, uh, you know, uh, my guy. What's my guy's name? Came from San Francisco. Uh, well, I'm forgetting his name. We got Levi Wallace. 
We got a a Kilo Witherspoon. That's what I'm trying to think of. Cam Sutton. If Joe Hayden is fourth after those guys, and you know you still have you still have uh, Justin Lane and and uh, James Pierre and those guys competing all in the same room in training camp, and we see whoever comes out of that. I like that. I mean, so I like Joe Hayden potentially coming back. Uh, Sherry's comment on that is Joe Hayden to play safety. Uh, I'm, that could work. A lot of the old guys, elite corners, go to safety. Joe is a little bit small, but he's no smaller than Honey Badger, right? But Honey Badger has more experience than playing safety. Joe Hayden would be a great cover safety. And how he made that tackle last year in the Tennessee game, you, he looks like he'd be good at tackling and good in run support too. But, you know, we I think we see, have to see how things shake out as far as that's concerned. Okay, well, before I get ready to go here, because we're about to wrap up, we've been on here for about 50 minutes. Um, I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers pick at pick 20. This is just this is just my opinion. They pick Chris Olave in the first round, and and or if Jordan Davis is there, like I said, Jordan Davis is the guy. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be mad if they picked. Um, was it Devin 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 Lloyd from middle linebacker from Utah? Because again, yeah, we're, we're we're good this year at the linebacker position, but we're thinking forward now. We got uh, Miles Jack on a two-year deal, Devin Bush on the last year of his rookie contract. We didn't offer him the fifth-year option, so you see how Devin Bush plays. If he plays well, great. We have a, a abundance of talent at middle linebacker. If he doesn't play well. Then we just move Devin Lloyd, you know, beside Miles Jack next year to play that position. And at the at the very least, they all play well. We got three great middle linebackers because again, it's about it's about your your pieces on the chessboard, not necessarily what piece it is. You the coaches, we entrust the coaches to put them in all those players, great players in position to where they can all maximize their talents and potential. So, you know, if we have three middle linebackers and we just come up with a defense where we can have three middle linebackers on the field and different sub packages and stuff like that. So that would be okay too. But yeah, thank you guys for joining me on this uh, Sunday edition, another edition of AFC North Talk. Um, we run the North. I'm sorry, I watch AFC North Talk sometimes. We run the North is, is this show. Thanks for joining me. Um, you can find me again on uh, the Know It All podcast, where right now it's 615 Central, the Know It All podcast. I'm great. Jump off here and go on to my podcast at 630. Check us out here on YouTube. Um, thanks for joining us on the, on this BTC at BTSC. We run the North. Tomorrow, check out uh, Jeff Hardman's audio podcast, uh, the Rider Die Crew. I love listening to that. Uh, I have something going on every, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning when that's on. So it's actually when I'm doing something, I get to check it out all the time from from start to finish. I really enjoy that one. Tomorrow evening, 5 p.m., we have uh, The Hangover with the homie Bad, Brian Anthony Davis, uh, Tony Defio, and Shannon Shannon White. Check those guys out. Love watching that, too, because I'm usually available Monday afternoon. But I check out pretty much all, all the shows on, 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 the, on the BTSC network, and then I'm subscribed to the YouTube and to, like I said, Jeff's audio-only uh the Ride or Die crew, 
and you know, so and and, and I read the articles on the website, so you know, it's lots of great Steeler content here at BTSC, and we thank you guys for joining us. We'll check you out next Sunday, and again, R.I.P. Dwayne Haskins. Prayers and condolences to your family and your wife, and thanks for joining us. You guys have a great week, and let's go Steelers. Peace. When I know that it can never really be the same How could I move forward When I keep looking back